if you think that your potential clients know what you're capable of doing or how the work looks like in terms of the sequence of steps to engage with you, that's often incorrect, right? So setting the stage, setting expectations from the outset starts with that first front line of communications. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back. Let's just another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. In studio today, I've got joining me Maddie Martin. I had a great conversation with her on how her company comes alongside uh, companies like yours and mine and becomes part of the team to help with lead conversion and lead qualification and just handling all those inbound inquiries and sorting them and prioritizing them and helping us to leverage as entrepreneurs and business owners and marketers to leverage our time. So Marty is the head of growth and education at a company called smith.ai which provides integrated phone and web chat services for solo and small firm attorneys including their virtual receptionist intake services live website chat and keypad cloud phone service she has spent the last decade growing tech startups from new york to california and has expertise in digital marketing small business communications lead conversion email marketing seo and and event marketing. Well, hey, Maddie, super excited to have you on the show today. I know uh, it's been a while trying to get you here and so happy to have you here to share with our audience. So welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. Thanks, Doug. It's great to be here. So we had a brief chat before we started recording today, and I'm really excited for you to share with our audience exactly what you do, and then we will kind of dive into that and take the one piece at a time and try to roll it out so people understand it. So how do you serve your audience? So we are a virtual receptionist and web chat service for solo and small businesses. So we improve their responsiveness to new and existing clients because we know that uh, with marketing, the most important thing is to be very prompt to respond to the new leads who are coming through, whether that's through referrals, paid search, organic, uh, you name it. It's the most critical thing to moving the needle in your business is to respond. Well, it's funny because I spend a lot of time online looking for uh, vendors and suppliers and people that I need to to work with to help my clients. And what the most frustrating part for me is when I send, I fill in the web form and I hit the submit button. I, I just, I always wonder, am I ever going to hear from these people again? And the answer to most of those inquiries is no, I will never hear from them, even though I've requested their services. Yeah, off you go in the black hole, right? So what ends up happening is that you, especially even with website chat, with voicemail, with a form online, typically what's happening is that, you know, if you get that that black box, whatever it is, in whatever form, um, you're going to just move on to the next business until you reach a live person. And one interesting example that I just received this morning from a marketing agency we work with, GNGF, which is Get Noticed, Get Found, they actually said one of their attorney clients who works with us on the phone receptionist side had updated their Google My Business listing to the hours that we are answering their phones and not the hours that they're actually in 
in the office working at the law firm. And they were able, when a client was searching for um, businesses to call for legal services, after 5 p.m., they were the only one that was open, and that resulted in the phone call, which was answered by us and got them new business. So it's really important that when you have new leads who are looking to reach you, that you're responsive seven days a week, and that you also have services that have continuity, both for inbound and also being able to make outbound responses to people who, for example, fill out a web form. We can call those people back right away. We can call those chatters or texters back right away so that you are not on the hook when you have a free minute during your day to call them back. That's really cool. So I didn't know you guys did inbound and outbound. So let's go back to the first part, which was extended hours. So typically, you know, what hours do your, your clients receive calls and what hours do you guys offer your services? So it's totally up to the clients when they send their calls to us. It could be all of their calls and we handle everything and field them accordingly, uh, or they, it could just be overflow, right? So we could be there overflow or after hours or weekend solution. It, we could just be answering calls for new potential clients and existing clients go somewhere else. But our hours right now, um, which is, you know, March 5th, we're doing this recording, right? So it's changing all the time and expanding. We do seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to midnight Eastern time, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, on the weekends. Okay. Well, that's really cool. Just walk us through the process then, because um, so someone's, you know, they're, they're running their business, somebody hits their website or hits a lead page and fills in a lead and the data comes in. Um, so how does that workflow, you know, uh, follow from the website through you guys and back to the client. Right. So on a website, you typically have a phone number. Maybe you have a chat bot or, or widget uh, that's live staffed. And then you also probably have a contact form. So it's totally up to you. Uh, the phone calls can go right to us or it can go to your team with us as overflow. It could be a chat where it's engaged and we handle the conversation or the person indicates that they want a phone call initiated and we can call them or they fill out the form and then that is forwarded to us for a callback with the instructions that we have for handling that, let's say, new potential client. Now, when that call happens or when the chat happens, we're not we're not responding to emails right now, right? But when a phone call or chat happens or even a text message to that phone number, which by the way, if you don't have texting enabled for your business phone number, you're probably missing a lot of leads. What happens is that we respond and screen and take those next steps, which is really critical. So having just a answering service is not worth your time. What is worth your time and money is to have a service that can actually screen your leads based on the criteria of who makes a good client for you. Are they in the right location? Are they looking for the right types of services? What are the three to five indicators that show that they are a good fit for your business? And then taking the next step to either transfer the call or to schedule an appointment with you on your calendar so that that lead is locked in and that they are not going to explore other service providers. And I think one of the things that you had mentioned is that you guys integrate in terms of um, various platforms a client might use. Uh, so for example, to what you just shared is that you would actually book it into a booking calendar. That's a shared calendar. Yes. So not only can we work with pretty much any online scheduling system out there, you know, Calendly, Schedule One, Security, you name it. Um, there are some native ones within CRMs as well, like HubSpot, for example, has their own, you know, calendaring. We can go right into HubSpot, Salesforce, 
many practice management, um, business software management solutions that are industry specific or general, active campaign, for example, after a call or chat or conversation that is logged with the personal contact information, uh, name, email, phone number, as well as the call notes from the receptionist or the entire transcript of the conversation if it's text-based like chat or SMS, or actually what's coming up is Facebook Messenger integration that we're releasing. Oh, that's interesting. It's, it. I'm still caught off guard. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm, I'm not um, in the millennial stage that I, I get so many business requests through Facebook Messenger and lots even on my personal page. Um, I'm still more of a hey, phone me or email me. But you know, people will use the platforms they're comfortable with. They will, and I, I totally sort of read into what you're saying there, which is people are contacting you through all these different channels. And how much time do we spend like switching between all these different platforms that we have to be present on in order to run a business effectively right now and not miss out on leads? The beautiful thing is with us, we already have your directions. We know your business. You funnel all these different channels into us for phone, for text-based communication, and we can handle them consistently every time. I mean, imagine if you're a small business owner having to manage a different service that's handling your front line on all of these different channels, if you make an update or you add a service or you change your hours, you have to tell everyone, right? Just having one company that can handle those conversations consistently and accurately every time and one point of contact is really a nice efficiency to add to your business when you're outsourcing these communications. So I want to go back to one thing you mentioned, and I think you just you dropped it, and I don't want people to miss it, and that was text-enabled for your business phone number. Yes. So I understand what that is, but for the benefit of our audience, please share what that looks like. Oh my gosh! So I mean, most VoIP, um, you know, cloud phone systems will have text-enabled phone numbers right now. But basically, that means if you have a local or toll-free number, you should be able to receive and send text through it, probably through an app on your phone, maybe in the browser or through um, a desktop app. But what that allows you to do is to have text messaging without incurring like the, oh, here's my cell phone number. Yeah, let's text. Um, and that is never going to be good for logging in your CRM, right? And then once someone has your cell phone number, I mean, how often, Doug, does someone <laughs> remove their cell phone number from, from their phone? I mean, it's locked in for good, right? So don't let them get it in the first place. There's a really cool so sort of add-on. We can add on a text enabled number if you've got a landline um, or if you just have a personal cell and you need a, a full number provision for you. We can also work with you know any other phone provider that you already have. So you don't have to get a number through us. We work with pretty much every cloud phone system under the sun. And what we can also do that's pretty cool with texting while I'm on it is to send a text to your leads, instead of like an email nurturing drip, actually send them a text message for a next step. Or after a call, let's say we have a consultation that we schedule with a new client, uh, we can send them a link to the form that they need to fill out in order to be prepared for that first phone call. So it's both receiving and sending. So you become part of the sales funnel, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. That's how you should see us. So do you want to share a case study or an example with our listeners? Just, uh, you know, 
when you took a client, their current situation, onboarded them, you know, expanded their their kind of their their reach for communications and how that worked? Yeah, man, there are so many examples. Um, is there one particular industry or type of business that you think would be best for me to highlight? Well, maybe uh, the approach. So maybe somebody that you worked with in terms of lead qualification or lead conversion. I mean, you know, everyone's looking for for leads. Mm-hmm. And the, the challenge is that, you know, so often the leads suck and the sales guys complain. I just had that conversation yesterday. So you, you don't need more leads. What you need are better qualified leads. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. Okay. So, I mean, take... This is, again, sort of a a legal uh, example. We work with a lot of attorneys, but the nice thing is if your business is more simple, you know, it's it's more complicated and it shows our ability, which isn't the worst thing. So so here's an example. You've got immigration, which is no big surprise, like one of the biggest booming areas of law today, right? I mean, the immigration firms are swamped. And whether it's outbound or it's inbound, you know that there is a ton of noise that happens when the top of your funnel is swamped. And what we find is that when we're able to screen really effectively, and then also even for these businesses, charge for consultations, then they are able to have extremely well-qualified leads. Now on the chat side, what's fascinating is that all those chatbots, because again, noise, that are not requiring name, email, phone number, those are generating a lot of like fake interest. A lot of people who are looking for freebies or kicking tires or want your advice, but don't want to pay for it if you do consulting or services like that. Now, what's nice is that when you do that level of screening and intake on the phone, and if you require a name, email, phone number before a chat even begins, then you're asking for that potential client to commit to having this conversation and sharing information, or at least you can follow up and contact them if they've given you the information online, you follow the steps and you steer the conversation, right? So the most effective thing to do is to identify those top two or three things that you need to determine if that's a good fit, say them as early as possible, and then steer the conversation because most people don't know what to expect from your business. And you can take a lot of that for granted. And then we see this in professional services all the time. Let's say there's wealth managers, financial advisors, IT providers, and marketing agencies. If you think that your potential clients know what you're capable of doing or how the work looks like in terms of the sequence of steps to engage with you, that's often incorrect, right? So setting the stage, setting expectations from the outset starts with that first front line of communications. And the best example, you know, that I would have is for people who really only focus on, you know, one or a few things and have honed in their expertise there. And they find that as soon as they refine their criteria and take more control over those initial conversations and they're more upfront with how they work and who they work with and how much it's going to cost, then they are able to have much more productive use of their time. 
And there's less wishing and hoping that this potential client is going to get it or is going to fit into the mold, even though the signs show that they're not the right potential fit. So how much of, I don't know, I want to say your success, but do you think that uh, having a client set their posture, do you think that having somebody else follow up instead of the owner taking the call and the owner um, responding back to a lead, do you think that is more effective in the sales process? I think it's incredibly effective and it's also very sustainable and scalable over time. It is dangerous to set the expectation um, unless it's really a VIP client. And I wouldn't abuse the use of that word um, to, to be that available because there are two main reasons. One, the goal is to grow to the get to the point where you don't have to be that person who's always that accessible. There's also the sort of feeling that you fake it till you make it, right? So you want to give the impression that your business is more established and mature than it may be. Or if you're just totally overwhelmed and you're reaching a point of maturity where you're trying to do all these things, then you relieve yourself. But there's this second important component, which is business continuity. If there was ever anything to happen to you or you know you're not able to be responsive in that way, who have you trained to take over those conversations? Are you yeah. at least letting people shadow you? Are you letting people in on like the smaller fish clients to try and get their your their their swimming legs, right? Like it takes a while and if you're in a situation where just one day you need to flip a switch and, oh my gosh, I can't take these calls anymore and someone else has to do it for me, that is going to have a way worse business impact than you getting someone started early on and feeding them and training them so that they can grow into this good sales leader on your behalf so that you're planning for, maybe not, not your obsolescence, but you're planning for your your growth and strength and continuity as a business because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. Yeah, it's funny because as you said that, it brought back a conversation I had last week. I'm part of a mastermind with a group and one of the, one of the business owners, their business is growing like exponentially. And so he was in the hot seat and we said, so what's your biggest, what's your biggest challenge? And when I say growing exponentially, I'm, you know, the, the company owner is, it's a husband and wife team, aside from building a new home and, and opening up several new locations, they're looking at buying a jet. So it's that wow. type of growth. <laughs> so here, here's the owner, the smart guy. And his biggest challenge right now is he gets um, between 30 to 50 phone calls a day that come through to his cell phone. Right. And he can't obviously take them all because he's traveling and he's working. He takes what he can. So he talks about spending hours upon hours returning calls. And and, and we drilled down to exactly what you said and found out that a, a large number of those people aren't qualified. And if he had somebody else taking those calls and qualifying them, he could have all the calls rerouted. And that was actually the recommendation of the group was change your message on your, your cell phone. Don't take any more calls and outsource it. Now, now I know where I can refer him. We'll have that conversation when we get off. Well, let me tell you. So <laughs> there is often the concern with people who have that mindset, who've grown a business. It's their baby. To think that it's going to be a call center experience is anathema. Like that is just not going to sell, right? But if you use a service like Smith AI, then we give that in-house feel where our clients 
our clients' clients say to them, wow, I really, it was so nice talking to your receptionist or, you know, I had a chat with Jane or I just spoke to Bob. You know, there's this feeling that they're in-house. You don't have that call center noise, that scripted approach. That doesn't work. And that is not the next step for for someone like this gentleman, <laughs> right? I mean, you're, no, you're for sure. leaps and yeah. bounds and may never yeah. get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's dealing all in America. And I said, so right. why wouldn't you do stuff digitally? And he shared with me that that most of his clients are not online. Or most of their, their the, 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 there's two sides to their business, but the the people that they use for service providers aren't online. Their clients are online. So the service providers that are phoning in to qualify aren't. So that's the problem he's got. They're phone-based. And if you missed the call, he said, it might take days or a week to, get, to actually reconnect with them. Absolutely. And if you're traveling on your private jet, then you're not going to have great self-service. So you need the continuity <laughs> of a receptionist service that's going to give you that peace of mind that they sound articulate, right? That they are the sort of representative and frontline for your business. And I think oftentimes what I find, because I we were talking before about you know how much I travel and where I've lived. And I mean, the conferences I just went to travel about 50% of the time. And I can tell you from the thousands of people who I've talked to who are running solo and small businesses, medium-sized enterprises, you know, there is a comfort issue more than a financial or operational issue, right? Like going into Ring Central and forwarding your calls to us, it takes a few minutes, uh, but getting over the comfort issue of can I hand this off and sleep at night is something that we find is more of a struggle. So, you know, talking about that at that level, so you've got a, a small business entrepreneur, maybe solopreneur, typically you get all sorts of phone calls. So you have potential clients, you have suppliers, you, you know, so do you have the ability then, or does your team then redirect the calls? Um, so maybe there's somebody that deals with say accounts payable or accounts receivable or. Yes. Yeah. We okay. can direct to a number of different transfer lines. We also can ping you via text message or through Slack, right? Chat apps. Um, so that if you're not in a position where you want to just have one person or department have the phone ring, or maybe you use Slack as a group to say round robin, who's going to claim this incoming call, um, that can be a really nice option to have the opportunity to to give your team, you know, claiming or to just have it route directly with a warm transfer so that that person is not just dropped into a, another phone route. I mean, how annoying is that when you've already been on the phone with someone and they just transfer you cold and you're like, wait, how do I get back? Oh no, I have to go through the IVR and the phone tree again, right? You hang up, you try and do it again. You tell the person, oh, <laughs> the transfer didn't go through. I mean- yeah. You want a warm transfer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing because, you know, I, I've had some really heated discussions with myself as I've been uh, locked in that uh, that system that I can't actually talk to a real person. <laughs> um, and their menu options aren't, aren't meeting my needs. But they have changed. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like every every phone system that I ever hear, our menu options have changed. I'm not keeping tabs on you, you know. Thanks for yeah, letting funny. me know. So where, where do you think the low-hanging fruit is today? I mean, the world's changing so fast. Technology's changing so fast. We've got, like you said, chatbots and text and phone. 
for our listeners that are that are tuning in, where do you think the biggest opportunity is for them? Oh my gosh. I mean, first of all, just pick up the phone as a backstop to block the spam and have the calls come through. You should not be sending people to voicemail. But on the chat side, what's fascinating is that if you do a quick calculation, think about how many phone calls you're getting inbound. We're seeing about one chat, which is a net new lead for every four calls that a business gets. And for every like nine uh, form fills, about five net new chats. So these are people who wouldn't have called and want the ease of access or wouldn't have filled out that form because, you know, maybe they don't, they're not quite sure how to answer your questions. You know, chat is a really easy way um, to get that person to engage. And I would advocate for making it proactive and not just sitting there quietly. Um, Someone can always hide it, but they know that it's there if they want to call on it for a couple reasons. So not just, you know, can someone find the contact form on your website, but that can screen and schedule in a responsive way based on their prior answer. So it's not just a template form with a, you know, blank box that says, put your notes in here, like, oh gosh, what are we going to get? But there's no search on a lot of websites now, right? And combined with the fact that Google doesn't really provide all those keywords, it says NA, not provided, right? So what are people searching for? Why are people coming to your website? Chat is actually an incredible SEO hack. And when you use a free chatbot, I mean, there's really no excuse to at least put it out there and let people chat in. And guess what? They're often typing what they typed into Google and you'll get all those keywords and you can build a content strategy from that in addition to obviously getting that direct client or potential lead. So when you're talking about chatbots, are you typically working with clients that have some automation set up where there's, you know, where they would fill in some information, ask some questions and the chatbot deals with it? Then if they want to talk to somebody live, they can click to somebody live or are you talking about live only? So I'm talking about we have our proprietary chat that we actually have as a software that is AI driven chatbot. If you add on our live staff to it for 24 seven live responsiveness, then the AI sort of steers that agent to give accurate answers, to sort of take the next expected step in the conversation, to translate English and Spanish, let's say, instantly. So there's a lot of technology that goes into that. But if you don't want that live staff chat, which, I mean, we're talking about services that cost $140 a month. We're not talking big bucks here, right? I mean, and not every one of our clients is ready to buy a jet. So let's say that you still find that a lot of money and you're just getting started, you just paid for this website and you're like, oh, that really drained me. Then you add the free chatbot and you see what the conversations are like. You get some pre-programmed you know, answers to your questions, to, to clients' questions. You also get a you know, five-step sequenced conversation for new leads, which means someone comes in and they say, hi, I, I'm interested in this business. And, and the chat opens and the chat prompts the next question, which is, uh, hi, are you a new or existing client? Or uh, we handle uh, family law matters. Um, are you looking for help with a, you know, choose one of the following, uh, divorce, separation, child custody, yada, yada, right? So they can steer the conversation, they being the chatbots. 
and that's completely free. So if you're not at least doing that, if you have a website, and I really hope you have a website, then you can add that on and just see what's coming through there and then choose your choose your flavor for the next step if you want to. Um, there's unlimited conversation. So it's not like, oh, I got this bot on my site and now after a day, for the rest of the month, it's going to say, no one's here right now, leave a message, right? That's not the way that we work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, again, I'm laughing because I think of all the chat bots that uh, pop up on the websites when I'm there and it's like, well, yeah, we're not here. Right. That's because it's a self-served chatbot, sure. right? So we yeah. we initially yeah. said like, oh, maybe we'll offer that. And what we ended up doing is saying, you know what, we're either going to staff it or we're going to put the chatbot on it because small businesses do not actually end up wanting to like staff their own chat. Well, not only do they don't want to, it's, it's do they have the resources to do it? Right. And then how do you get coverage? So if you've assigned it to one one person, maybe your assistant and your assistant's busy out of town traveling with you or doing something else or on vacation, um, what happens to the, you know, the person who's managing that? Right. So I want to get a little bit more, more, more geeky because I like some of the technology stuff. In terms of uh, web form fills, we had experimented with some, some, some tools. So when people fill in their information, um, it collects their email address. It also collects their, their phone number and it sets a trigger to generate an immediate call to the sales department. Mm-hmm. Have, have you guys worked and had any experience in that area? Yeah. I mean, you know, it can be very technical in that way. It can be very basic where they sort of forward the emails automatically based on the subject line to us. So however your system works, we can pretty much operate with that. Uh, It could be a form fill triggers a call or a chat triggers a call. You know, you sort of tell us what you're looking for and we're known for figuring out solutions um, based on the systems that you're already using to make it less friction. Well, I guess I framed the question incorrectly. So what I'm what I want to know really, I guess, is um, what's the appropriate time to respond? Oh, so I'm I'm sorry. I was thinking about four or five different things um, in this this space, and I know that when the form fill happens, uh, for example, if you go to this company's website and and uh, sign up for their service, uh, you'll get a phone call immediately as soon as the form is complete. So I don't know if you have any experience or best practices or any any comment on how quickly you think is appropriate to phone somebody. Five minutes, an hour. I know I think of the old saying that in sales time kills. So I always think sooner is better, but I'd really like to hear what you, uh, you know, kind of what you guys think are best practices. So my, my jokey answer would be, you know, never is better if you have chat because you might prevent the phone call in the first place, <laughs> okay. right? Yep. But let's say that the phone call is happening. Uh, the person sees the chat and disregards it and still fills out the form. And, and my, my sense is the same as yours, which is get back to them as soon as possible and not only get back to them, but what is so frustrating is the letdown of expectations when you get that call and it's just someone who is like qualifying and really not qualifying effectively, right? They're just like, oh, do you want to have a call? Great. Let me schedule you. Okay. You're all set. You just got the invite, right? And that's not super effective if you actually want to know a little bit more about your clients. So obviously having that information to the person who's on the phone, so they're informed and that potential client doesn't have to repeat themselves so they can have an efficient conversation. That's good. Um, But get back to them as soon as possible with one caveat. I mean, 
it depends on your business area, but you probably want to set parameters around the hours and the days that you're calling people back. You know, I was just having a conversation with Sam Glover, who runs Lawyerist, which is, you know, now I'm just repeating myself, but a lawyer community for solo and small firm attorneys, right? And they talk a lot about tech and responsiveness and all that good stuff. So, you know, we were talking about, well, if a form fill happens, and then you make a callback, like, do you really want to make that callback at, you know, eight o'clock at night? He was saying that he doesn't want to call back if he fills out the form. He's sort of leaving them a voicemail for the next day. That's really up to you, but it depends on your business. Are you, you know, in bail bonds? Like, um, you're probably making a phone call and not filling out a form, <laughs> um, right? But yeah. but that would be an instance where you call back 100% of the time right away. Um, or is it I'm looking for um, a wealth advisor? Maybe it can wait till the next day. And you know, your clientele is of a certain echelon that they only want a nine to five and you're sort of denigrating your brand by calling, you know, so uncouth and unclassy to call it, you know, 7 p.m. It really depends on your brand, right? What do you know about your clients and and what responsiveness they expect? Is it inappropriate to call at 3 p.m. on a Saturday or is it the best service in the world and they're going to be so delighted? So that instruction should be provided to whomever is making those calls for you. And it really depends on your client base. Well, that's a really smart answer. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, that t- totally makes sense because, uh, you know, we've had this debate and people go, that's, that's too quick. Don't phone back so quick. But so like, to your point, you know, you'll see form fills come in in the middle of the night. And do you really want to be calling somebody back at, you know, 11 p.m. just because they filled in a form at 11 p.m.? They might be, you know, then they're sitting in their pajamas with their laptop computer and they really don't want their cell phone ringing at that time of night. You know, Doug, so one other thing I will say is that if you don't know, the best possible thing to do is to ask or to give them the option to elect for what they want. So if you have a form on your website, guess what? You can put a checkbox on the form and it says, "My this is urgent and I would like a call back as soon as possible. Or, you know, this is not urgent and can wait till the next business day. Or you just give them the one option to flag for urgency, right? We work with a criminal defense attorney who says, you know, put in your your court date and oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. Like you crazy person. What are you thinking <laughs> about? You know, finally yeah, I'm driving right. to the oh, courthouse. I guess right I'm now. not gonna represent myself. Like, okay. <laughs> well, we have someone who has her system so automated that she's cornered the market in Colorado by using these systems to actually automate not only the screening, the initial uh, form and assessment, the calendaring, um, the retainer agreement is all automated through, you know, a, a form fill online um, with pre-populated merge fields. The agreement is signed, she starts getting to work and she can turn around cases um, and become an attorney uh, for that potential client faster than any of her competition. I mean, that is amazing. So guess what? If you've got a form, you know, give them an option to say, I would like a callback right away. This is urgent. Or you can have the option to once they fill out the form, the next page that loads is the calendar for scheduling a time to have the call. So it really just depends on, you know, your your business type. And your business, like I said, your business flow. 
Yeah. So walk us through the process for you onboarding a new client. So what does that what does that look like? Kind of what are the requirements and 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 the times? And and I'm asking this because often as entrepreneurs, and I'll speak, you know, this will be my survey of one. I often want things done yesterday. I often right. have thought about them for months, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to do this, I need to do this. And mm-hmm. then I phone you, it's like, okay, yeah, hey, it's really that. Really good to connect, Maddie, but can we have this up and it's Thursday, can we have this up and running by Monday? So set a realistic <laughs> expectation so we can have success when we engage you. Yeah, it's funny because I'm so much like the consumer and the provider here. I think about sometimes how, you know, I've got people on the hook and then I finally engage them. Some of our like, you know, content writers who I work with, I'm like, oh, shoot, like, can you write this for me right away? That happens in life all the time. You know, you've been deliberating and then finally there's a situation and you're like, oh, I need this right now, you know? Um, And in service businesses, that happens very often. Um, Obviously, if something is shipped, that's not always the same expectation. So what we do is we You can sign up online, smith.ai. If you sign up for the chat, you're going to be able to go right through the um, sign-up process, and online you'll see directions to install it yourself on any website, or we'll install it for you. If we do it for you, then it's going to take maybe a day. And then on the phone side, we ask that you fill out a form that tells us a little bit about your business, and then within one to two days, we'll set up your free trial where we can do 20 calls or 20 chats if you're on the chat side with the staff service. And we'll sort of send you the conversation logs and summaries. You'll get a sense for how we represent your business. We can make any changes or tweaks, you know, initially or obviously over time. And then you'll sign up for a plan based on the expected volume. So you really only pay for a monthly minimum that includes a certain number of calls or chats. And then from there, if there's overage, you just pay that same per call or per, per chat price, which is 5 to $7 per call or per chat and not including any spam, And then, um, which we block for free. And then if you want to, you know, if your volume increases, then you get closer and closer to that $5 per call or per chat level, which again, if we're screening and scheduling for you, just think about how much time that saves you and what an incredible value that is. So to answer your question, a couple days, you know, you're going to be up and running. Well, I mean, that's really quick. I think it's pretty quick um, to be up up and running. And that's one of the things I liked when I had looked at your website and your pricing model, I'm thinking, well, this is this is kind of a pay as you go and then grow. So I don't I don't need to to, you know, um, start with a full like a full time wage of an employee. I can start with oh, um, yeah. like, like, a, like a half day wage oh, for an employee. Way less. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. Like, I mean, for the guy who's getting like, you know, 30 calls a day flying on his private jet. Yeah, it's it's going to be at that, you know, high volume, lower per call per chat level. But even if you're the person who's getting, you know, 20 calls or 20 website chats a month, right? So less than one a day, you don't want to miss a single call because those are precious and they're precious no matter the volume, but they're really probably especially precious. And then you can pay that $140 a month. It's month to month. You also get that free trial. So it's sort of like, and plus, I mean, if you use your promo code, which, you know, I'll share right now, I might as well, RMRF100, you get an extra $100 off. I mean, we're talking about a full on, full service, not not light L-I-T-E trial, right? You get to see it before you put a credit card down at all. And it's month to month. So if you want to say, you know what, like, 
I've got this running and I need to press pause for a second. Can you hang on to my directions and the phone number? And I'm just going to, you know, take a month until my marketing campaign ramps up. That's totally fine. We are quite flexible. If you want to pay up front, you know, if you're like, man, this is like the best thing since sliced bread, I'm going to pay you for my lifetime. Um, I'm never going to hire like the full time employee because I don't <laughs> yeah. see a need, or I'm going to spend that money in other ways for someone who's really specialized. Then we offer, you know, 15% off for annual prepayment and things like that. And then the price is just ridiculously low. So, it's it's cool in that way. It's also cool if you're doing anything business to business where this could be a service for your own clients because we have a $25 a month account credit for every client you refer. So you can probably bring your bill, especially as a small business owner, down to close to, if not zero, if you just bring in a few clients of your own, right? That's really cool. So just a different question, uh, stealing a Tim Ferriss question. What's the bad advice that you hear in the industry? So when you're out to, uh, uh, you know, in the general business population, um, in terms of people saying, hey, you know, I wouldn't want to have somebody answer my chats or answer my phones. What, what, what is the bad advice that, that's, you know, that's driving that conversation? Hmm. I think that there is, that's a very good question. What is the bad advice that's driving that conversation? There, there's not a lot of right now advice that I see and just have like this visceral reaction of, oh my gosh, I need to jump in and save or protect this person. Um, often the bad advice goes back to the, the voices in your head that are telling you why it's so risky or scary or out of reach to use a service like this. Because if you're like me and you grew up in, you know, a household where there was the, you know, wall phone and telemarketers and call centers and like that just boomed over my childhood and life, you know, you have a sensitivity to the idea of outsourcing, right? I mean, I was an econ major. We talk about, you know, all the, all the offshoring that happened, right? In the 80s, 90s, 2000s. So, there is like a sensitivity, I think, in the generation of people, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, like to get around the expectation that like if you outsource, it's lower quality, it's going to not sound like your business, and then the fear sets in. So I'm not saying that there's a lot of like bad advice out there, but that voice in your head is not necessarily serving your best interest if that for you, like me, is is your reference point oftentimes when people talk about, you know, outsource services. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, and I my experience has been that my um offshore consultants or people I work with, and I'm and I'm talking about offshore, I mean, okay, out of the office or remote workers has been good. It's actually been better than than um, often uh, having internal staff. That's been my experience for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah. So I've had no I've had no issues in that. So what are you most excited about in the next, uh, you know, six, eight, 12 months? I mean, you guys, you know, it's, it's interesting that we're having this conversation because I spend so much time online and I've never come across a service like yours. (laughs) So I'm going like, 
like wh where, why have I not seen this before? I, you know, I spend hundreds of hours looking for uh, innovative ways to help my clients generate leads, qualify leads, generate sales. So um, this is exciting for me. But what's exciting uh, to you in your industry and what you guys are doing? What's exciting to me is just the level of connections between business software and how lightening of a load that's for small businesses. So like if in the past, you're like, oh, I've got a CRM and a calendar and I've got a Facebook profile and I've got Twitter and all of these different things. And am I using Slack in my business? Right. The most amazing thing is like the, the integrations and the collaboration. So what I'm seeing is omni-channel where no matter where someone is contacting a business, it's funneling into this sort of dedicated resource. I'm also seeing collaboration tools that are facilitating efficiency within small businesses. So tools like you know, email collaboration front and things like that, where you can actually have a conversation within a thread without exposing that to the recipient of the email, right? Things like that are extremely powerful. I also see a lot of benefit to these systems like Slack, where you can give someone limited access when you're working with contractors so that you don't have to switch yourself the channels that you're using for your business. And in Slack, I can talk to a contractor on one channel and they don't have to see all the other conversations that are going on that I may not want them privy to. That to me is a very powerful tool for protecting, but also enabling uh, and speeding up the conversations that happen within and for your business. And it allows you to operate a lot more effectively with outsourced teams, right? Because what you don't want is the whole onboarding process. It's not just like the cost of staff, it's also the training and the facilitation and the software installs and all of this stuff. If you have software that's lightweight and flexible that allows you to give permissions at the right level, that is going to be a huge unlock, I think, for your business. And Similarly, the data entry that you can eliminate when your systems talk to each other or when you have workflows that trigger automatically, those are things that will give you the peace of mind that when you've written that five-step email drip to that lead that didn't yet schedule the consultation or didn't convert from the consultation, that you've written that well, you took your time, maybe you spent a Saturday writing that, and then it runs. And if you make one change, then that's reflected in the emails that move forward from there. But you set up these things that demonstrate your expertise because maybe you're the one who wrote it. But then once you initiate that trigger and you've tested it, you have the work of what would have been many, you know, to manually send these things really streamlined into almost the work of none when you start scaling it. Well, I think the interesting part is that you guys provide a personal a personal component to all the digital tools and give the owner or the senior management uh, you know a way to hand hand that off and just try to deal with what seems to be the most important aspects of the business only and then have the rest delegated to someone else. 
Yeah. And I mean, frankly, if you are only seeing yourself as on the receiving or, or, or further down the line end, there's also a, a part that gets missed, which is way, way, way at the top of the funnel where you can also sit as a business owner or operator. And that is with your network, right? With your business development, with being in the community, with, with writing and getting yourself out there, being on podcasts or speaking or going to events. No one can network for you um, that really doesn't exist. I mean, there's some LinkedIn hacks maybe, but right, like real valuable networking happens with you as a human being. And that's something you can't outsource. So when you're thinking about what are the things that I need to protect in terms of my time, it's not just a matter of, oh, this person is technical support and has this very high level skill and shouldn't be answering the phone. It's also like that business owner, maybe they're capable of putting together an estate or a will or some plan or drawing up architectural schemes, right? That person is also way, way up on the front line able to represent their business. So if you consume your time with things, it's not just not being able to do the productive work for clients, but it's also a matter of it eats up time for you to explore new avenues for business and expand your network. Those are things that you also can't outsource. Yeah. And that's the exact issue that this gentleman is talking about that's getting all these phone calls is dealing with is that he's got a couple of other business opportunities that are huge potential and he's spending time answering calls and qualifying people instead of leveraging, you know, things that would bring them another six figures of, um, you know, revenue. Yeah. The opportunity cost is immense here. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully we'll be able to help that person because it's sort of like day and night and within, you know, 24, 48 hours, his life has completely changed. Well, that's super cool. So a couple of questions, let you get back to helping out your clients and hopefully you're not running for a plane. No, <laughs> <laughs> not, not today. Who's, who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Well, um, you know, I have to say I really have loved working with this very witty creative and production studio, Mickey, at Adweek, and that's A-D-W-E-A-K. You can find him on Twitter. He's got, I'm looking at his profile right now, he's got 74,000 followers, and maybe you've never heard of him, but he is absolutely hysterical. And I would love to hear any conversation with him because he is a marketing maven, a very creative, great, funny writer, and sort of just like hiding there, like being hysterical. And if you discover him, your life is better. So I'd vote for for Mickey. Okay. Are you able to make an introduction? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. And the most important question of the entire podcast is how can people reach out, connect with you, learn more about your services and sign up for a free trial? Yeah. So just visit us at smith.ai. That is our website. You can call us. You can chat with us. You can email us if you would like at hello at smith.ai. And as I mentioned, we do a 20 call, 20 chat free trial up to 14 days. And in addition to that, we also have the free AI chatbot and $100 off your first month of service with the code RMRF100. That's RMRF100. Super cool. Thanks, Maddie. Really appreciate you taking time. Um, you got my brain spinning. Um, so this is, a, this is a great opportunity for our listeners. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Doug. 
So there you go, listeners. I'm not sure whether I was the only person in the world that didn't know that uh, Maddie and uh, Smith thought AI existed, but I'm happy to have learned about their services. It's got, uh, I think there's lots of opportunities to look at your business, look at where your gifts and talents are, missed opportunities, and is there a way that you could leverage a partner um, on a pay-per-service basis to grow your business? So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure you check out the the website. Take uh, Maddie up on her offer. Uh, We look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.